today on CityCast Salt Lake. Paisley Rechdahl just finished up her tenure as Utah's Poet Laureate. And with a little more time now, she is recommitting to a very cool project called Mapping Salt Lake City. And she wants our help creating a collective archive of this place we call home. Today's Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Paisley, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So you recently ended your tenure as Utah's Poet Laureate. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It was a five-year run. (laughs) Five-year run. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how Utah's approach to art might have changed in those five years? Uh, That's a good question. I mean, I feel like we kind of had to get pretty creative about art because of the lockdown and the pandemic. And so people Mm -hmm. were thinking about innovative ways to take stuff onto the web or to take things to people's houses. Like I actually ended up ordering a dance from uh, a guy named Stephen Brown who runs his own dance company here. And they would come... Uh, all these dancers and musicians and they would sort of unpack a performance in front of your house and perform for like 15 minutes and then sort of tootle off um, someplace (laughs) else. I love that. And then of course there were lots and lots of things that were done online for us. The Utah Poetry Festival, which is supposed to be in person, we put everything online for a couple of Mm -hmm. years. And so we had craft talks and even some like mini workshops that we did and people seemed to like it. Hmm. How do you feel about online art or online poetry? Because it feels like the online presence of poets has really sort of changed the game in a lot of ways. Like it's, it has increased accessibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really true. Social media has utterly changed the ways that we promote poetry, the way we receive poetry. Even I think people Mm -hmm. on Instagram are just getting a constant stream of poems and some of them are good. Some of them are maybe not as terrific, (laughs) but one of the things that I am personally excited by is the ways in which it allows for what we call multimodal poems to Mm -hmm. uh, So actually our new poet laureate, Lisa Bickmore, is somebody who's been making video poems for quite a while. And I myself have been making uh, video poems. That slurping sound, sorry, that's my dog. He always has to have water when I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Mine does it too. Anyway, so I created a website called West, a translation, and it takes... Um, it's about the Transcontinental Railroad and basically every Chinese character in a Chinese poem that had been carved into the walls of Angel Island. I take that poem, I take these characters, and each poem opens up into a story about the cultural impact of the railroad, but each one's its own video poem. And it turned out that you know, during the pandemic, this was one of the best kind of projects to be working on and showing because you could do that on Zoom. You could do that you know, very easily online. Yeah. It seems like this is something maybe you're passionate about because I want to talk about your Mapping Salt Lake project, which is similar. It's like an online community atlas. And I know it's something that you put a lot of energy into before your time as Poet Laureate, which is like a very busy full-time tenure. And I'm told that it's something you're going to be putting a lot more energy into exploring now that you've got a little bit more time. Yeah. So Mapping Salt Lake City is a project that I started 
I think in 2013, and I was inspired because I had been reading Rebecca Solnit's amazing Infinite City, which is a Mm. book basically that maps the different communities and different movements in San Francisco and has these visual artists sort of paired with these other nonfiction writers as they're thinking about like the interaction between maybe two wildly different subjects like Alfred Hitchcock and then like movies, uh, Edward Mm. Moybridge or, you know, LGBTQ bars or something and monarchs monarch butterflies and these two different things that she kind of creates maps about and sort of, you know, meditates on what San Francisco is. And I thought, well, you know, Salt Lake is such an interesting community. Like it would be a lot of fun to have a website more than a book even that starts to map the interactions people have with this place and their own sense of history. And one of the things that I liked about a website is that as an archive, it can continue to grow, whereas you finish a book and it's done. And that's both the joy and delight of the website, but it's also the, you know, (laughs) horror of the website, which is that it's never finished. Right. So my graduate students and I built this project. And then I taught a couple of classes at the U called Mapping Salt Lake City. And other students were writing projects um, that were mapping projects. And now I want to go back to it. It's been kind of a long while because in the interim, while I was poet laureate, I decided to sort of expand the Mapping Salt Lake City project and think about Mapping Literary Utah, which is an archive of Utah writers, past and present, all the different genres. And again, you can go to a map and you can click on it and find the different writers that have lived in those areas. And so, you know, it implicitly asks viewers of the website to see if there is a connection between writing and place um, hmm. and what different community, creative communities have looked like. And so anyway, but now now I'm done with the Poet Laureate Chip, so I can go back to mapping Salt Lake City. Yeah. What are you hoping to discover? A number of things. One of the things that is great about the website is we've had a number of people who are writers, like sort of professional writers, uh, write in short pieces and um, put them on the website, which is terrific. But I want to hear from more people that might not be considered professional writers or just coming to writing as it stands now. So we've had a a lot of refugee communities that have moved into the area over time. You know, Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. is a a refuge city. and We don't really have a lot of the voices of people who have come and are transplants that way. Salt Lake City right now is changing so much. I mean, I think anyone who's living here and who's lived here for a while is kind of stunned, <laughs> maybe yeah. at least by the housing prices, Ugh, Yeah, and which is just insane. Then, of course, the New York Times reported what we've known about for a while, which is the Great Salt Lake itself is shrinking, and mm-hmm. um, our environment literally is changing year by year in ways that's pretty scary. So I think there's a lot to be said about what it's like to live in a community that's undergoing so much rapid economic housing growth, but also rapid change in terms of climate. And I'd love yeah. to hear from people who've been thinking about that and, and are living with those effects um, right. Right, right up front. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to your dog who was like, I will be hurt. I know my dog is a nightmare. <laughs> Everyone can hear the little patter feet. And if I could show you him, he's literally <laughs> running around in circles, chasing his tail. And it is amazing because he's been asleep this entire morning. But as soon as I get on Zoom, as soon as I get on a podcast, he just he wakes up. And in about two minutes, my husband will come in. He'll want a sandwich. I don't know what it is about recording that just brings all this out. (laughs) People are like, I got to be part of this. Everyone's activated now. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's that sound. The slurping, the running around. Yeah. So good. 
The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Thinking about mapping Salt Lake and like creating this beautiful resource, who is it? Who is it for in the end? The aliens? (laughs) The aliens, yeah. Whoever is left when the earth shuts off at this point. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question because I think um, it's a bizarre thing because I'm a writer. I've written 10 books. And to a certain extent, I have to wake up in the middle of the project and go, wait, who is this for? Because when you're creating something, you're just so caught up with the idea of creating the story or finding the story however you can. And there's almost no thought that anyone is going to come across this. So to a certain extent, it's, you know, any project, whether it's a web project or your own writing, it's for yourself. But I think when you are working with websites like Mapping Salt Lake City or Mapping Literary Utah, there's the idea of a larger community that can be created through Mm -hmm. these websites, through that kind of engagement. And so... I mean, I do really see it as um, a site that I hope people across Salt Lake City will be able to see some part of themselves reflected in. And if they don't, they would take mm-hmm. it as a kind of invitation. Like, I'm allowed to to be part of this. I mean, like I was saying, um, I would love to grow the site in particular ways. And there are many communities I'd love to hear more from. So, for instance, the Asian American Pacific Islander community, which is really large in Salt Lake, we only have a couple of entries, um, Mm. you know, so far written by writers and community members from that community. And I know it's basically almost all in English, but we have a high number of Spanish speakers here, you know, people who, you know, English is maybe their second language or even third language. And so we're open to writing that's in in other languages beside English too. So, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is really it should be for everyone and anyone who's just kind of interested in alternative histories of place. Mm-hmm. I spent years as a community organizer. And one of the things we know is that community storytelling is such an important piece of organizing for change. And I'm curious to see how this project might be either leveraged or informed by efforts to create change around some of these issues that you've identified, the Great Salt Lake, the housing market, changing demographics and embracing that. What are some of your favorite entries that you've received? Oh, there's so many, really. I mean, there's so many great maps and things like that that are on there. There's one about a family of quail. There's a couple of maps by Claire Taylor, who is a beautiful visual artist. She not only writes about going and running in the cemetery almost every day, but she draws these little images of the foxes, the owls, the coyotes that she meets there. And so she's constantly thinking about the intersection of her life with these other animal lives in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. Mm. Um, Mm. This one I can read. It's by my colleague, Catherine Coles, 
who is such an amazing poet. She writes very short poems that I find both really bracing in their intelligence, but also so centrally engaged with the world. And this is called February 14th. This morning, a house finch sings and bounces its bare branch outside our window. Though the sky falls, though snow covers the ground. Under the snow, crocuses swell, and the Lenten rose already waxes. Our penance has yet to begin, our last pulling back to eke out meager stores while we tick off our wrongs. Today, an old saint signs himself yours before losing his head. And so, do we need an excuse? Our patience already ended. Outside, my husband shovels snow from flower beds back onto the drive. Today the birds begin mating. I once was told their clear sense of things talking them. This little finch not yet come into his plumage sings everything could happen. Wily, every poem hatches its little lie. Time changes, just between us, how I like it. I mean, it's a sneaky love poem, but it's also sort of a love poem to place. And it muses, obviously, on the idea of uh, St. Valentine and the way it echoes down into her own life. And then the the ways that she thinks about her husband doing this small gesture and then the ways that it kind of works into the bird and the, the sort of privacy between her and her husband, the privacy between her and the poem, too, which is, you know, this idea of like the secret between her and the poem, her and her husband. And then when you read the poem, it's between the poem and the reader. Hmm. I love it. It's so intimate. It's like, yeah, just like getting a little peek at all of our neighbors. In so many ways, this project feels like an online festival. (laughs) I think we've been thinking a lot about like, how do you have an online festival? Like, how do you create that sense of community Hmm. online? And this feels like that. Well, that's nice to think about. But I also like it as a festival of shared privacies, actually, because one of the things that I like about all of the pieces that people send in is that they reveal their sort of private obsessions with place. There's Mm. an entry written by a young man who I've never met before who became obsessed with a man who colloquially became known as Mr. Pink at the Ninth and Ninth Coffee Garden. Those of guys, mm-hmm. anyone who's been here for a long time and who's gone to the coffee garden knows this man. And he was there for quite some time and then he sort of vanished. And I don't know what's happened to him. And and the writer of the piece is sort of mournful about that. Like, you know, not knowing this person, but having this person as part of his day. And then to just feel like you have a relationship with someone that's sort of bizarre and invisible. And I think we all have that with with place. There's buildings and and houses that we love that we know nothing really about. There's people Mm -hmm. that we see all the time that we know nothing really about, but they make part of our day and they make part of our experience of the city alive. And so I love the idea of having this site because, you know, you get to peek in on people's windows into how they see the city. Yeah. If someone listening doesn't consider themselves a writer, how can they participate in this being a part of this project? Well, there is a contact form on the website. Um, so it should go directly to me, but I will be very blunt with you. We've had a little problem with that contact form. <laughs> oh, no. So some things have come through like five years later. So if people want to do this, I would highly recommend reaching out to me. I've got um, a University of Utah email that you can find on the website. I'm in the English department, or you can contact me via my own website. I do check that <laughs> a lot more. Okay. PaisleyRectal.com. You know, would it really love, I mean, I know we have a lot of 
you know, quote unquote professional writers or people who see themselves as like, you know, writing is a big part of their lives. But we really want people to come to this site at, at every level, at every kind of, of engagement. And those of you who are visual artists, those of you who do photo essays, this is something that's really exciting as well. Or if you want to do a sound essay, you know, you can send an MP4, we can load that up as well. So mm-hmm. there's lots of different ways. This is the great thing about a website is that it doesn't have to just deal with a written word. In fact, one of the things I learned from editing this site is that most people don't want the long form journalism. <laughs> you know, they want something that the web, only the web can give us, which is the sound of the human voice, yeah. um, a visual image, uh, something interactive. So if that's the, the media that you work in, please submit. Paisley Rechtal, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So excited to see this project just continue to flourish. I am too. Thank you so much for taking time to ask these questions. I really appreciate this too. You can contribute to Paisley's Living Archive of Salt Lake City at mappingslc.org. And if you want to see a video of her dog chasing his tail during our interview, you can find it on our Instagram story at CityCast Salt Lake. One more thing before we go. It is so, so extremely hot these days. Our airport thermometer is breaking records as early as 11 a.m. So here are two evergreen ideas for beating the heat inside. First, to know me is to know I love going to the movies. I often do it by myself, and if you've never done a solo movie before, I highly recommend it. Now is the time. I saw Marcel the Shell with shoes on at the Broadway last night, and it was truly delightful, hilarious, sweet, and a tight 90 minutes. Also, this is a nice way to support the Salt Lake Film Society after one hell of a last few years of pandemic closures. And it's an excuse to get a cherry Coke. If you want to see Elvis or Thor, all Cinemark theaters are $5 on Tuesdays. All right, next up, the Slack Cabaret is on at Salt Lake Acting Company. I can confirm it's very cold in there. And you can bring your own food and beverages into the show. The BYOB is a Slack summer tradition that is finally back. This year's cabaret is called Down the Rabbit Hole. Here's the delightful description. When a group of Utahns come together for the annual essential oils convention downtown, they find themselves seeking a cure for their woes in all the wrong places. The theater asks for proof that you're vaccinated or a negative COVID test for entry. Tickets are 40 bucks. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Well, we were wondering, Diane and I were like, is it a like a miniature pony? How big is it? <laughs> He's huge. He's huge. He wants to be mapped. <laughs>